I'm Andy Scott, and this is the business podcast from the Nationals Business Desk here in Abu Dhabi. I'm joined by Mustafa Al-Rawi, the business editor here at the National. Today, remember the tune, ease are good, ease are good. Well, the UAE seems to now believe that. Mr. Alabar, Mohammed Alabar, the founder and chairman of MR, has been making some big noises recently in e-commerce. We'll also be going back from the new to the old with the airlines. Fly Dubai have just announced a, fl- a double flight to daily to Bangkok. Donata have bought into Canada. And Emirates have some ridiculous prices till December the 8th. Mustafa, what's going on in the world? Hi, Andy. Uh, I'm not sure that's what the shaman meant when they did that song, um, which brings me back to my youth. But no, le- less happy. of that said now, I think. And uh, on your particular subject about e-commerce, it's been um, a very interesting. Uh, you, your article that um, everyone can read in uh, Thursday's business section, uh, which talks about a, a sort of watershed month for e-commerce in the UAE. Uh, you've been at uh, several launches in the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Almost, most definitely, yeah. And all centering on, as I said, Mohammed Alabar. He, of course, is possibly one of the best-known businessmen in the region. Um, he's looking, as he said, and uh, as I put in the article, you're either digital nowadays or you die. He's looking at a huge uh, investment and being backed by the Saudi uh, Public Investment Fund, a sovereign wealth fund, to the tune of, well, half a billion dollars in Noon.com, which is a a, a local version of Amazon. Um, They've uh, bought 50% of his Adeptio, which was a fund that bought into Americana. Um, They have uh, the the rights for KFC and Pizza Hut here. And he's also set up a billion-dollar tech fund to support SMEs, small ventures. He believes that we can create in the UAE and wider region a Silicon Valley as long as there's money to support these small tech ventures. Well, on the other side of it, I mean, you say a local version of Amazon. We kind of already have that with Souk.com. So what's happening there? Well, Souk.com have grown organically. That's over the last 10 years. They now have about one and a half to two million products uh, on their on their platform, and they've also just moved into local grocery um, uh, deliveries. Um, it's what Amazon have been doing as well. They're mapping the wants and desires of, of anyone who goes onto their site. So really going into that uh, data mining, as um, it, it, the, the 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 word is, or the, the phrase is big data. Everyone keeps talking about how you use that knowledge. What um, Mr. Mushiwa, who's the founder of Souk, says, it's not actually big data. We want smart data. We want to know how to use that knowledge that we have about our customers. Not in any dark Machiavellian way, as to just to, to, to be able to offer something, the services that they want. Mr. Alaba, uh, with Noon.com, is going to, well, to a factor of 10, offer 20 million products on his platform, which apparently is launching in January. That... Anyone can tell you, once a uh, sort of 800-pound gorilla enters the, the, the jungle, he decides what he wants to eat, and all the little monkeys have to disappear. That's, I think, the threat to Souk. And the, the wider question is whether Amazon come in and buy Souk so that, that we have two 800-pound gorillas fighting over the region. Right. Well, we were both of us were at the Beko Capital Boost Media Conference on Thursday, and there were some interesting things said by the, the VC audience, VC speakers, uh, that uh, 
for real e-commerce to take hold, the kind of scale we need is 50 million transacting consumers. And in this region, we're at about 43 million, but this is growing at 40% a year. So by 2017, we would have crossed the magic 50 million number. And that's higher than India at the moment, despite it having sort of three times the population of the Middle East and North Africa. Yes, so, but, but sorry, sorry to interrupt, but and as we both heard, the venture capital funds in India are far more positive towards that sector. In, to in the tech sector in India, yes, yes, but the but the fact is is that we need fifty million no matter what, and we're going to hit that number. So if uh, if Mohammed Alibar is positioning himself now, uh, and we reach the kind of scale that we need from next year, then surely there's enough room for Noon.com, Souk.com, and other .coms to actually move in. I mean, I know that there are various big sort of bricks and mortar retailers about to launch their own. Uh, e-commerce platforms as well that haven't and so there's going to be a very crowded space and you yourself you know you've reported on what all the electronics guys who've been working on e-commerce for some mm -hmm. time the big box uh, retailers carrefour jayant uh, they all have uh, products that are being sold online to various degrees of success so it's not anything new right we all know that it's possible and even in your article we're at sort of one to two percent of all sales being online compared to about 16 17 percent in mature markets so there's a long way to go Let's see that growth from next year rising. Everyone should be happy, right? Except who, who won't be happy? We know it's the bricks and mortar players. They have to be worrying what, what's coming next. I mean, the, the fact is people, people, people's pockets aren't, are a lot lighter than they used to be. They, you walk around a mile and you, you think about what you're buying these days. The fact is the low oil price also means that discretionary spending from the, 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 peop, the wealthy, uh, uh, people think about it now. And the fact is that the malls that are being built, and, uh, and we, we have a, Nikhil have, what, six, seven, eight huge malls coming online. These, these need customers. And the fact is if people are migrating online, we could see uh, a, a case of what's happening in the U.S. at the moment. The U.S. are seeing malls closing across states and across cities. There isn't enough people or there aren't enough people with money to keep those retailers afloat. And that's why, uh, and another tangent, Landmark.com, one of the biggest retailers here, uh, Centerpoint, Splash, Baby Shop, they, they've always uh, had a, their e-commerce portal as LandmarkShops.com. They've changed that. They've, they've, they pivoted this week. They're now going to have seven different websites, seven different e-portals for each of its brands. They want people to actually know where they're going, not just a general, oh, I will have a look what's on Landmark. This is, they are trying to harness their customers, use that brand loyalty and extend it. Home Center, which has only had its um, e-commerce uh, e site for a year, did 5% of its sales this year online. Now, I'm not saying that's the death of bricks and mortar. They claim that it's omnichannel. People will research in the shops. They'll go feel it. They'll go and lie on the mattress, then go back home, discuss it, and buy online. That may well be true, but there's a general drift towards the e-commerce side, and that can't be healthy at the moment. I wonder if uh, one of the points you raised about there being, you know, uh, potentially a billion dollars and more, you know, elsewhere 
going towards uh, startups and, and companies in the tech space and other industries. And if that might not be the, the saving grace over the next couple of years, as more and more people set up their own businesses, that that feeds into the overall retail ecosystem, whether it be more people relocating here to take advantage of that financing available and hence bringing their families and, and employees and creating more demand in terms of residences and commercial uh, space, but also, you know, just with more businesses, how many of those will be retail players as well that will actually need to be in the malls? Um, or And also things are changing. Um, you see that, for example, car retailers move into the malls. So, you know, they maybe they, they're, they're, they're suffering soft demand. Maybe they're going to think that, and um, this has happened in the US, for example, rather than making people traipse out to the showroom, wherever it is, they come to you in the mall. So I wouldn't worry too much about the malls, particularly the big ones, the Majid Alpha the Nikhil's, the Imar malls, these guys know what they're doing. They will uh, recycle that space to other people as trends change. Uh, what we are clear on is that trends are changing now and that what we'll see next year and the year after as we head into sort of the big Expo 2020 driver for a lot of growth is a, a shift towards what's happening elsewhere. You know, the old uh, retail model is, is, is definitely run its course. And now we're seeing the, the kind of the throes of, of upheaval and change. But I don't expect many of the names that you talk about to be any different. You know, I think they'll still be there once the upheaval is finished, but just offering different things. Yeah, well, I think they said that about Kodak, didn't they? I mean, you know, what happened to them? Well, I mean, I think you mean Polaroid, don't you? I think well, Kodak, Kodak is still going. No, Kodak disappeared. Do they disappear? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think Polaroid are still going, funny enough. Are they? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't say it was going to be easy. No, but, but, well, you know. but what you, very interestingly, or what I thought was interesting, the billion-dollar fund which Mr. Alibar has set up, which is separate to Noon.com, that's just another billion-dollar uh, event that he's involved in. This is He's actually looking at investing in SMEs, which are in the uh, education and healthcare, defensive industries usually. He's seeing the new money and new ideas but he wants to put them in traditional industries. And that, I think, is where it's a clever move. The fact is, we will always need healthcare. We will always need education. And therefore, that makes sense. There will be a return on it. Well, we're reporting on technology where we find it. I think the days of where, of, of where you look at technology as sort of a separate sector are gone now. I mean, every industry has its own innovation and its own development. And so healthcare and education actually probably at the forefront of all of that. I mean, talk about telemedicine, for example, and the number of apps that are out there that are helping people be provided for and education as well. I mean, you know, I know anecdotally from, you know, what my kids do at school, um, the amount of technology that has infiltrated the classroom, if you like. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot more about uh, being more efficient and, and saving money, basically is what it comes down to and being being able to operate all these education healthcare businesses in a much more sort of efficient way that allows you to make more money your margins should be better yeah that's true now let's let's just have a pivot ourselves let's have a look at the airline sector because as i said that i wrote a story yesterday on donata they're the air services company which are part of the emirates group uh, they've moved over into Canada. Uh, it's their third investment in the Americas in, in 12 months. They moved into, uh, I don't want to get this wrong, in Brazil in November, which is covering 26 airports, and the US in uh, May or June of this year, which is covering 25 airports. They're seeing 
the fact that the Americas are still traveling. People are still flying, possibly got something to do with the oil price, the fact that people can still afford to travel. And the fact is that they're seeing margins growing. Their yields have been getting under pressure because of consolidation in air services. But they want to, they think that they have created a product and services which others can't beat. They can make sure that people can embark their plane, they can turn around the plane, they can get the baggage out quicker and more efficiently than most other players and they see a huge if not huge definite growth in the market which i have to say it's a traditional it's a traditional play for us but it makes sense well the aviation sector somewhat like the retail sector has, has seen better growth rates um before now this period is a little bit soft um, but if, if you kind of look at what's going on in terms of, of the the airlines in this region and you see how they're positioning themselves you can tell things have changed so it's no surprise that Donata for example in that space is looking abroad for growth for better margins because they're probably under pressure in this region the IATA data um, that's the industry association uh, month after month is showing how while Middle East growth rates are still the fastest in the world our capacity growth rates are actually faster than than our demand growth rates yeah. so we, we've got loads more planes loads more airports um you know bigger 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 capacity and so we have to fill those and what you're seeing is is that yes yields are being squeezed all over the place because to get more passengers or to get enough passengers to fill that capacity you need to charge lower fares yeah and let's talk lower fares because fly dubai which is emirates little brother sister Cousin, I'm not sure which, but anyway, they're they're, they're in the family. Yeah, they're the low cost arm of the, of Emirates. They've opened a twice daily service to Bangkok, and I didn't realise that that Bangkok is one of the the biggest places for medical tourism out from 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 the UAE. One hundred and fifty thousand people travelled to Thailand last that, year. That flight is over six hours. I mean, that's almost long haul in in a budget. You're right. Carrier. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's only I think there's two, which is Yekaterinburg. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah, I struggle with to that say, too. Yeah. No, it is. It isn't really. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they're obviously again broadening their horizons because they need to go where their where their customers are going. But in in general, that's another player competing for uh, you know tourism trade via the UAE to Thailand. Yeah. So we, that's one more. I mean, the Middle East Airlines are going to be under huge pressure next year if things don't pick up. Which is possibly why Emirates have a National Day holiday. By the way, I should have said at the top, happy National Day, everybody, by the way. Uh, let's end on the high note. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, let's, this is a high note because you can now fly to New York up until, if, as long as you book before December the 8th for 3,000 dirhams, and that's return. I don't think you'll see the last of these big sales um, for airlines uh, coming out of this region. And, you know, I wonder who, who will hurt the most this time next year. But, you know, it, okay, consumers can be a bit delighted to begin with, but the aviation sector is a huge driver of growth. And if their profit rates are falling, then that's going to be bad for everyone. Maybe it's your national duty on National Day to actually insist on paying more for your airline ticket. <laughs> Somehow I, don't, I can't see that happening. Anyway, we'll be here next week. I hope you will be. Thanks a lot.